Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. The Rock says, what you gonna do when the 24... No, wait, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. Hold on, that's not it. Oh, this is it. This is it. To be the man, woo, you gotta beat... No, wait, that's not it. That's not it. Oh, this is it. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. What you mean? Oh, What's better than this? It's Guys Being Dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. Welcome to another Wednesday episode of The Dudes. I am Kyle Krabs, founder and director of Scouting and NDT Scouting, NFL and NFL draft analyst for FanRagSports.com, and I am joined by Mr. Joe Marino, fellow NFL and NFL draft analyst for FanRag Sports, and my number two at NDT Scouting. We have a couple new things to get into today, including a new weekly segment in which we pour one out. We mourn the loss of something in the football world and realm, and uh, that could be somebody making a silly decision in the pre-draft process or a team losing a game that, you know, we we thought they were going to turn around and kind of make the statement that they were back. That's a little bit of a tease for, oh, I don't know, maybe five minutes from now. So, Joe, I don't know about you, but I'm a big fan of these new weekly segments because it's things for us to kind of stew over all week, right? Yeah. A chan- yeah. chance to, oh, man, what's, what am I going to pour one out for next week, Wednesday on Draft Dudes? So, yeah. uh, how you doing? Welcome, Wednesday. Thanks for joining me. You know, it it's, feels like it's been a while since we've had two back-to-backs. <laughs> yeah, man, travel's been crazy, but it's good. We're uh, doing everything we can to provide the best draft takes that we can for the people. No time off for us. We are focused to 
covering this 2018 NFL draft even better than we did last year and really proud of the work that we're putting in uh, to deliver that. Kyle, one thing that we need to circle back to here is this wager that yes. you have with me. Yes. Uh, I th- if I'm not mistaken, you're you're willing to bet the Heisman Trophy order, final order will be Baker Mayfield is the winner, Saquon Barkley number two, and Bryce Love number three. And, and if that's right, you win the bet. And if it's anything else, I win the bet. That's to confirm that's where we're at. Yeah, you probably feel pretty good of this after Saquon rushed for all of 40 yards against Rutgers last week, huh? Uh, I felt good about it the second that you told me about the, the wager. Uh, I just feel like the odds were really good for it to be anything else. Not saying that Listen, it- listen, you grossly misunderestimate the national media. And that's, that's <laughs> what I would say. That's what I'll say. Fair enough. So, look, we asked the people for some suggestions as to what the wager is, what the stakes are here. And so... We, we teased that we were going to do it on Friday, and then, you know, we couldn't sync up our schedules. Yeah. To re- yeah, and then yep. Monday, there was just so much to get into with the weekend uh, to reflect upon that. So let's take a moment here and, and look at some of these suggestions and react <laughs> to them. <laughs> okay. So the first one here, David Bowen, good friend of the show. Yes, he is. Uh, if Joe Marino loses, he should wear an NDT romper professing his love for the Dolphins. My knee-jerk reaction is I don't think anybody wants to see that. I do. <laughs> Here's my problem. I don't know where we're going to find an NDT yeah. romper. Is that in the budget, boss, or no? Uh, I, Not for me. I could a lot for a romper, yeah. but I don't know about an NDT romper. Okay. I'm with you. I, I, I'm not into that. I'm not into that at all. I didn't plus, say it wasn't so into that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a spin. So uh, David comes back with another suggestion. Uh, how about if Kyle loses, he has to do the eating challenge at the Senior Bowl. Kyle, react to that. Listen, I've explained this many times by now. I am retired. There will be no more big pigs for me. I have lived my best life. I tried. I failed. I mourned. I have moved on. The big pig is not not going to happen because last time it did, it ruined my entire Thursday. <laughs> and you uh, did some embarrassing things in front of a couple NFL general managers, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I failed to finish the sandwich, Joe. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. Uh, here we go. Uh, this one, I you know, look, I don't have this one logged. I can't find it. But there was somebody who suggested that the loser has to take six shots of Tabasco sauce in twelve seconds. <laughs> I, I mean, look, uh, I'm at the stage of my life where I, I, get, getting jalapenos on the burrito right now is a calculated decision. I know what I'm getting into. There's no way I'm doing six shots of tobacco Tabasco sauce in twelve seconds. Yeah, I th- I think it would be fun to live stream this penalty at the Senior Bowl, whatever it is we decide. Okay. Um, something like that would be very feasible. I'd be willing to do that because I don't think that would phase me all that much. Like the first one goes down, it's just going to taste terrible, and then you, you ride it out. <laughs> you just deal with the taste I mean, for an hour afterwards. I Look, I can't risk missing practices for – Tabasco shots. Maybe if we do it Thursday and I can have Friday to recover well, listen, before the game sp- on we're Saturday. Sp- we're supposed to be going to New Orleans 
on Friday fr- this year. Yeah. So, so do you want I would me- much rather not risk <laughs> risk that day okay. in comparison to some of the others. Yeah, you want me to miss practice, Krabs? All right, so we'll we'll circle back. We're not completely ruling that out. I'm not super for it. No. Um, if Joe loses, this is from David Sedenfrau. If Joe loses, he has to watch a full episode of Game of Thrones. If Kyle loses, he has to skip the premiere of next season's Game of Thrones and catch it one day later. No. Absolutely oh, not. <laughs> it's too much for you, is it? I, I would... I would watch one season of The Office, which anybody who follows me on social media knows I think The Office is absolute garbage. I would watch an a season of The Office in like over next summer like consecutively. Like I would commit a day and watch The Office from start to finish because I would have the free time to do it. Um but I am not about to to pass on the the series finale final season, um, in which we're going to have to wait like eighteen months for. By the way, um, and it, I don't like that one for you either because that that's a gift for you because you don't know what you're missing out on. But you know, I mean, you know me. I'm not I'm not one to sit there and watch a TV show. So that that's that'd be tough. Um, I look. I'm I'm okay with that. That seems. Feasible. Well, yeah, it seems like you're not interested. There's no skin in the game for you there. All right. All right. Um, okay, we've got uh, this one. <laughs> I don't think we're doing this. Um, this is from GIF. Maybe the loser can tattoo the other guy's name <laughs> on his inner thigh? Do we, as much do we need as I to respond like that, that idea, no, I don't think we even need to touch on that one. Man, that's that's rough. That's okay. Uh, it's Ben Solak. With absolutely zero context, I'd like to see Joe grow. Joe have to grow the Baker stash. Yes, if he loses. Yes, I want to so, see it. If I win, how about the the loser wears the Baker stash the entire week of the Senior Bowl? <laughs> what if Baker's there? That then that's outstanding. <laughs> Tease, I have, I have on good. I, I know for a fact one of the Senior Bowl quarterbacks that will be there, and you guys will be very excited about that. It's not Baker Mayfield, but there is one good one that I know is accepting his invitation. Sources, so, sources uh, have suggested that fair. this person will be there. Yes. So when I can share that news, as soon as I can, I will do it. Um, so look, I'm, I don't think we need to commit to any of these, Kyle. But hopefully, what this will do is inspire the people to uh, tap into their creativity, to share a few more ideas for us to consider. Give us some more ideas, but I'm going to be really honest. I really like Baker Stash at Senior Bowl. Keeping it? We have camera work to do, Kyle. Okay, well, maybe we do do it the first day. Okay. Before media night. Baker. Um, See, the problem for me is then I'm going to be – got to have my beard, man. i got to have the beard going. You don't have to do anything. I know I don't have to, but I feel like I should. I, let us know, people. Let us yeah, know. Tweet us. us we'll respond to this again uh, next week or Friday or something like that. Joe, um, let's move on. Today is 161 days from the 2018 NFL Draft. Uh, I love this this segment of the show every every show we do, but I hate it because it reminds me of how much work I have to do. <laughs> and how much time is just slowly dwindling away. 
161. This is a fun number. And the reason why this is a fun number is, Joe, there is a quarterback who has finished his career. His his career is done with the same number of touchdowns, 161, as he does interceptions, 161. And that is former, former Arizona Cardinal and Denver Bronco, Jake the Snake Plumber. Jake the Snake Plumber, man. When he got signed by the Broncos, that was like one of the big... Oh, like, so it was a big fish. Yep. It really was. Um, fun fact, uh, another fun fact on our friend Jake Plummer, he holds the record for the most passing yards in a game for the Denver Broncos, uh, 499. Seriously? Yeah, did you expect that? <laughs> no, no, I did not. <laughs> the most yards ever in a game by a Denver Broncos quarterback. The record is held by Jake Plummer, 499 yards. Not Tim Tebow, <laughs> not John Elway, not Peyton Manning. Jake Plummer. It's a weird game, man. <laughs> when Jake Plummer can hold that record for that franchise. I got another one for you. Okay, another no, Jake. I'm, I'm ready. Fun. Jake Plummer also has the Denver Broncos record for the highest passer rating in a playoff season, 103.1 in the 2004 playoffs. Not John Elway, Jake Plummer. Football's How about that? Game. You want another one? I got one more. Well, you're just chock full of Jake Plummer trivia. Jake, I love it. Look, this is, and like, these segments are really stretching us, and I am pulling up information on top of information jake plummer dating back to his arizona cardinals days he has the most 300 yard passing games in the playoffs for a arizona cardinals quarterback not kurt warner not kurt warner it is jake jake Plummer. plummer do you remember the i think jake was the quarterback this year the year that the cardinals had that touchdown against the vikings to knock him out of the playoffs do you remember that? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> it was so. It was like the last week of the season, and it was it was like a force out where the receiver never got both feet in bounds, but they ruled it a force out and ruled it a touchdown, and it actually prompted a rule change uh, regarding force outs because it was like the last play of the game. Uh, the guy caught the ball never got either foot in bounds, was on the way down and got hit out of bounds, and the refs ruled it a touchdown and knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs. Well I think Jake, I, I think Jake the Snake was, was the quarterback that year. I could be wrong, but um I think it was it was like late nineties, I wanna say. Yeah, so, no, it sounds interesting. Yeah, I, I yeah. I'm not familiar with so uh if if you were an avid either hurting Minnesota Vikings fan <laughs> or a avid Arizona Cardinals fan uh, long time and, and can confirm that this story is in fact true, we would greatly appreciate that. Uh, maybe if you're a Minnesota Vikings fan, you can pour one out for that failed season campaign for the Vikings way back in the late 90s because that's exactly what we're going to do here on the show right now. Joe, it's time to pour one out. I'm really excited by this idea because we can have some fun with uh, the football world and kind of keep it light. You know, we're not going to get morbid here on Pour One Out, but um, we're, we're essentially going to be 
acknowledging some kind of shortcomings of a player, prospect, coach, team, pro or college. And uh, we're going to be recognizing that shortcoming and why it's relevant to us. So, Joe, I I would very much love for you to do the honors here and have the first pour as we start this weekly segment of Pour One Out. Yeah, yeah, this is this is a cool idea there, Mr. Krabs. Uh, the guy I'm pouring, or uh, yeah, it could be a team, a guy, anything. I'm pouring one out here on this hump day for Butch Jones, former head coach of the Tennessee Volunteers. Sad. Sad, it it sad. is, you know, look, this guy, all he did was restore some credibility back to this Tennessee Volunteer program after they fired Philip Fomer. Philip Fomer goes ten and four in two thousand and seven. He goes five and seven in two thousand and eight, and they 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 cut him loose despite the national championship and the long tenured success. Uh, and they hire Lane Kiffin. We all know how that went. Seven and six spurns them for USC. You bring in Derek to- Derek Dooley for the four darkest years of Tennessee football we've ever seen, and then Butch Jones has a bad you know, two thousand thirteen. His first season goes five and seven. And then he goes on to lead Tennessee to three consecutive bowl wins, back-to-back nine-win seasons in 2015 and 2016, and uh, things didn't go well this year, three and five uh, under his direction, and they give him the can. And look, I get it. You know, look, the three and five is bad, but this Tennessee fan base has some crazy expectations of their coach. Butch Jones absolutely left this program in far better shape than he inherited it and you actually said this in our in our messaging back and forth that if you want philip fulmer results don't fire philip fulmer and so the expectation for butch jones was unfortunately that of peak philip fulmer where they expected him to be playing alabama for the national or for the sec championship on a yearly basis tennessee those three bowl games in in 14 15 and 16 were the same amount that they had in it in 2007 to 2014 combined uh the back-to-back nine win seasons they lost a lot of talent josh dobbs great college football player alvin kamara josh malone you know those players left and he was starting to get his guys in there uh and and they, i guess my problem my biggest problem with it is this guy takes such a bad rap for trying to be a good guy, right? So he's got all of his Butch Jones-isms. He's got, you know, the champions of life and brick by brick and leadership rep and leadership all these things. Leadership reps is my favorite one. Look, look, it's fun to <laughs> it's fun to poke fun at that stuff, but, like, he's trying to create good people to counter the football piece of this. And he had the number one recruiting class in the SEC going into next season. He's getting the talent there. I just feel like... The expectations that Tennessee Volunteer fans have are just not realistic. And God bless whoever their next head coach is, because I don't think he's ever going to meet them either. Uh, I will agree with you on one thing, and that is I do think Tennessee expectations are a bit unrealistic. If you're expecting to be that relevant powerhouse, right? Like, there's like four of them. (laughs) And like it or not, one of them is the big brother on the other side of the SEC in Alabama, which is going to make life very difficult for sustained 10, 11, 12 win seasons every single year. But Joe, let, can I level with you for a second here on Butch before I pour one out? 
Sure. Tennessee's most recent game against every other SEC team is a loss. Yeah. Alabama, 45-7. Arkansas, 24-20. Auburn, 55-23. Florida, 26-20. Georgia, 41-0. Kentucky, 29-26. LSU, 38-7. Missouri, 50-17. Mississippi State, 41-31. Ole Miss, 34-3. South Carolina, 15-9. Texas A&M, 45-38. And Vanderbilt, 45-34. The last time they played every other school in the SEC, they have lost that game. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 720 to 729, select styles only. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 720 to 729, select styles only. It's unfortunate. I think that college football comes down to recruiting and getting good players. He has the number one class going into next season, so his ability to acquire that top-end talent is is very much there. And, uh, yeah, they got to play better. But So what are you going to do? You, you, go, go, go hire the next guy and hope he's not Derek Dooley because as exciting as it is the unknowns of, of the next guy, you just don't know what that's going to be. And – you know, look, they're not going to hire Urban Meyer. They're not going to hire Dabo Swinney. They're not going to get Nick Saban. So, good luck. I think Go, it, good, I think enjoy it, Greg Schiano. I, th- I think it needs to be an established name, though. Who's who's that name? That's a good question. That's, <laughs> that's why I, I think the biggest thing that always gets me with coach firings is have a contingency plan. Who is the fish on the market out there for Tennessee that is a no-brainer, absolutely slammed up, and don't you listeners, don't you dare say John Gruden. Okay? I refuse to believe John Gruden's leaving the booth. If he does, hey, <laughs> great. I will gladly eat crow. But we hear every single year, this is the year Gruden's back in the game, baby. And I hear groomers all the time about John Gruden, Tampa Bay Bucks, Tennessee Volunteers. There was some rumor floated out there that he reached out to coaches about joining him at Tennessee. And I've seen a couple... You know, pretty well-established guys on on social media just shoot that down and say that's absolute nonsense. If you fire Butch Jones to hire Greg Schiano, that's a loss. I got nothing. I got nothing for you. But I feel like that's what's going to happen here. Man, they better hope not. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) What, Joe? I want to pour one out. Everybody, hold up your glass. We're going to pour one out for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Every year, they're a honey pot. Every single year, play really well, they perform, this is the year, the Irish are back. And sure enough, every year, the Irish get themselves into a position to solidify their standing as being quote-unquote back. 
and it doesn't happen. And it wasn't the fact that Notre Dame lost this game to Miami. It was the fact that Miami flat out embarrassed Notre Dame. They uh, out-physicaled Notre Dame, which was their calling card. They dared Brandon Wimbush to do anything in the passing game. And Brandon Wimbush proved he could do nothing in the passing game. I think the turnover chain made four appearances for Miami. Uh, final score, I believe, what, 41-8? to eight? Something outrageous like that. I mean, they, they entered this game favored on the road. And granted, uh, the Miami fans deserve a tip of the cap here because you know they, they often get dogged for being fair weather. Uh, but when their teams are good, my, Miami fans show out. And that place was packed. And that place was rocking. And uh, having the chance last year to go down to that stadium, I can only imagine what that place is like when it's rocking. Because, you know, with the the, the ceiling infrastructure that they've added there and uh, just the vicinity of the field, they move the, the stands closer to the field, I could see how that place can really derail a team. And that's exactly what it did to the Irish. So I'd like to just raise a glass, you know, I thought you guys were for real after you, you beat NC State and you embarrassed USC the week before. But this is same old Notre Dame. So let's let's pour one out for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish national title hopes, Joe. Bye-bye. Yep, adios. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to have a bonus pour one out. Uh, okay. Pour one out for the Miami Dolphins playoff hopes. Uh, and I, I have a theory as to why this season has gone so far off the rails. And it's not Raquan McMillan's injury or Ryan Tannehill's injury or trading Jay Ajayi or the injuries to Juwan James and the offensive line. The reason why the Miami Dolphins are playing so bad this year is because they are dressing like trash. They're wearing those stupid aqua pants with a white top, and it just looks stupid. And every time I've seen them wear this combo, they've got their ass kicked. So start wearing the white on white or the teal on teal, but be a man either way. Don't wear dark colored bottoms with a white top because it just looks dumb on the football field. Okay. If somebody would have just told Adam Gase and company it was as simple as wearing the right uniform combination, uh, you know, this would be a different story. There, but Kyle, I say we cheers to it. saying you look good to play good. Kyle, we should cheer this, not pour one out. Yeah, well, we'll be pouring out the bills here in a couple weeks, so don't get too <laughs> comfortable. Oh, man. I, I have no comment. I don't want to yep, talk about that. That's probably that would probably be a wise thing on your end is to just I, there's nothing no to comment there. Joe, let's talk about the All America ballots. Let's do it. This this is really cool. I, I'm really glad we have the opportunity to do this as part of the Football Writers Association of America. We get the opportunity every year to vote on a number of the awards that are given out, whether that's the Outland Trophy or the Eddie Robinson Trophy for Coach of the Year. Uh, but we also get an All America ballot which I think is a really great chance for us to recognize uh, some of the outstanding players in college football, whether that is draft-specific or, or non-draft eligibles. And, Joe, you, you seem to take advantage of that a little bit more than I did this year. But, um, yeah, I think it's, it is an important note to make that this, this recognition is not made through the scope of evaluating for the draft. This recognition is made on who are the best college football players? 
And with that in mind, Joe, we had pretty similar ballots, which I was really pleased to see. Yeah, Six different between the two of us. Six. I thought you told me we had seven different. You know, I'm not great at counting. Oh, so. Okay, uh, I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah so um, I'm just going to run through my list, and then I have a couple questions for you after you run through your list, Joe. Uh, if okay. you have any questions for me, feel free to hit them after I go through my my roster for the All-America ballot. So my FWAA 2017 All-America ballot is as follows. Quarterback is Baker Mayfield. My running backs are Saquon Barkley, Penn State, Bryce Love, Stanford. Uh, my wide receivers, I get two, are James Washington from Oklahoma State and Anthony Miller from Memphis. My tight end is Adam Brenneman from Massachusetts. My offensive linemen are Jonah Williams, Alabama, left tackle Quinton Nelson, guard, Notre Dame, Braden Smith, guard, Auburn, Mike McGlinchey, offensive tackle, Notre Dame, Billy Price, Ohio State center. Uh, all of those players, with the exception of Jonah Williams, are draft eligible for 2018, by the way. Defensively, I have Bradley Chubb, NC State, Agbanya Okoronkwu, Oklahoma, Deron Payne, Alabama, Maurice Hurst, Michigan. Linebackers are Tremaine Edmonds, Virginia Tech, Rashawn Evans, Alabama, Josie Jewell, Iowa, Joshua Jackson, Iowa at corner, Minka Fitzpatrick, Safety, Ronnie Harrison, Alabama safety, and Isaiah Oliver, the other corner from Colorado. My specialists are Matt Gay, the kicker from Utah, Johnny Townsend, who's senior bowl bound, the punter from Florida, and my kick returner is Dante Pettis from Washington, Joe. Kyle, what I want to do here is I'll go ahead and go through mine, and then we could talk about the differences, the sure. six differences. And, and then I had a great question on Twitter because we, we posted ours on NATScouting.com. And the question that I had were, you know, who are the toughest guys to leave out? And so I've got, I've got five of those, the, the five hardest omissions. And I kind of like to, to hear what yours are as well. Um, so I'll read through mine and give you a chance to kind of consider that. Um, quarterback, Baker Mayfield, Oklahoma. Running backs are Saquon Barkley of Penn State and Bryce Love of Stanford. My wide receivers are James Washington, Oklahoma State, Anthony Miller, Memphis. My tight end is Mark Andrews from Oklahoma. My offensive line is Frank Ragnow, Arkansas, Quentin Nelson, Notre Dame, Braden Smith, Auburn, Mike McGlinchey, Notre Dame, and center Billy Price from Ohio State. On defense, my defensive linemen are Bradley Chubb, North Carolina State, Cleveland Farrell, Clemson, Ed Oliver, Houston, and Maurice Hurst of Michigan. <clears throat> At linebacker, I have Roquan Smith from Georgia, Rashad Evans from Alabama, and Josie Jewell from Iowa. My defensive backs are Joshua Jackson from Iowa, Minka Fitzpatrick, Alabama, Ronnie Harrison, Alabama, Duke Dawson from Florida, and my specialists are Matt Gay, Utah, for the kicker. Punter is Johnny Townsend from Florida. Kick returner, Dante Pettis from Washington. So, I mean, by and large, great minds think alike here. Well, there's, there's, like you said, six. Mm-hmm. Um, Ed Oliver is a good call. Um, I know Ed missed some time this year, so that was something that, that dinged him for me. Um, but let me hear your five most difficult guys to leave off this list. So my five most difficult, um, Lamar Jackson at quarterback. <laughs> Not that Baker Mayfield wasn't easy to put in, you just look at the season that Lamar Jackson's still having on a bad team, uh, and it's it's sensational. 
Ronald Jones at running back was a hard omission for me. Um, I really, I honestly flirted hard with putting him in there above Saquon Barkley, but it really came down to the the receiving production and the return production that Saquon's having over Ronald Jones uh, that gave him the edge. But from a, a running perspective, I mean, Ronald Jones is having a great year. Uh, Orlando Brown at offensive tackle, uh, or offensive line in general, he was a tough omission. Uh, Adam Brenneman at tight end, he's having a tremendous production for UMass. He even missed some time, and he's got, uh, I think, the upper hand. I chose Mark Andrews, and Brenneman has more touchdowns, but the yardage advantage went to Brenneman, and I, I think about his role on that Oklahoma team, and, and uh, I went with Marco Andrews over Brenneman ultimately. And then finally, Ogbanyo Okoronkwu, uh, one of the defensive linemen, um, it's interesting. I just realized that three of my hardest omissions were were Sooners. Uh, but um, for me, you know, the guy I guess I would that would come off for Okoronku would be Cleveland Farrell and what he's doing on a Clemson team that's you know fueled by its defensive line and specifically Cleveland Farrell and, and the production that he's had. I went with him. Yeah, and, and just to kind of counter that, that Farrell, because for me, my last defensive line spot, Chubb, Payne, and Hurst, I was pretty comfortable with. It was Okoronkwu or Farrell. Uh, Okoronkwu doesn't have any help defensively. So yeah, for, him, for him to have 58 tackles, 8 sacks, and 16 tackles for loss as really the, the only guy in the front seven for Oklahoma who's playing defense right now, where at least Farrell has... He's surrounded by NFL talent that's producing. Like Austin Bryant on the other side, that's as good of a one-two punch as you'll find in college football as far as pass rushers. It's like them and Ohio State are like they've got NFL defensive lines where every single guy's an NFL player. So for me, that was a tiebreaker. Uh, looking through my list, um, Orlando Brown was one that was very difficult to leave off. Dallas Goddard was difficult for me to leave off because he's really turned his season on after the first month, um, you know, he was, he was a big part in South Dakota state beating North Dakota state earlier this season, had over hundred yards and a touchdown in that game, which is a one handed catch. Uh, Michael Gallup, Colorado state, mm, Joe, good call. 87 good call. catches for 1300 yards and seven touchdowns in 11 games so far this year for Colorado state. Uh, he's averaging eight catches per game for 118 yards a game. That was really difficult for me to leave off. But the two guys that, that are there, James Washington, I mean, he's James Washington has almost as many yards on 53 catches and one less yeah. game. He's averaging 22 yards a catch and has more touchdowns. And Anthony Miller is currently sitting second in the, in the country behind David Sills of West Virginia in, in touchdowns. So each of these guys has a good resume. But for me, like Gallup, Goddard, Orlando Brown, they were all difficult to leave off. Uh, Derwin James was one that was difficult for me to leave off as well, defensively. But those Bama safeties are studs, man. Uh, and then the other corner spot, I thought Joshua Jackson played himself onto this list and over the course of the past three weeks. just mm-hmm. He's impossible to ignore anymore. He, he's just tremendous. And seven interceptions and 16 passes defense is a really strong resume. But Isaiah Oliver, I had probably four or five different names that I'm looking over, and I, I could have made a case for him or Jair Alexander, but Jair was hurt. Uh, Duke Dawson was a name that crossed my mind as well, and Joe, you gave him recognition. Um, 
I even thought about, you know, kind of slotting Minka at corner because he plays man to man and he plays all over the field and, you know, getting Derwin and somebody else. And uh, I ultimately opted to go with, with Isaiah Oliver, who uh, in the Colorado secondary is, is quite frequently tested. And, and every time I've had a chance to watch him, I thought he's been spectacular. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, there's no wrong answers, right? These right. are all really good football yeah. players. Uh, it's just, you know, whatever kind of gives you the nudge when you kind of have those those tight ones. Um, so for the five or six differences uh, between our ballots, I had at tight end Mark Andrews. You had Adam Brenneman. Offensive line, I had <clears throat> Frank Ragnow, uh, and I didn't have Jonah Williams. Uh, then the rest are all on defense. Uh, the defensive line, I had Ed Oliver and Cleveland Farrell, where you had Agbanya, Okoronkwu, and uh, Deron Payne. <clears throat> Linebacker, I have Roquan Smith from Georgia, and you had uh, uh, the Virginia Tech linebacker, Edmonds, Tremaine Edwards. And then cornerback, you went Isaiah Oliver, and I went Duke Dawson. Yeah, I think that's... You know, Roquan was another one I didn't mention. He was hard to leave off. But I've seen enough of Tremaine to know he it, it's a, that's a special package for Tremaine. And he's still young. Like He'll be 19 on draft day this year. There's some buzz that he's coming back. I don't know <laughs> yeah, if you saw I, that I just did before see that. I think Matt Miller, Matt Miller put that out, didn't he? Yeah. He said the, yeah. the buzz was both because I know his brother just had surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's his, out for the year. His brother's a pretty solid player, too. I don't think he's, he's as good as Tremaine is. Uh, but his brother plays safety and, and Tremaine at linebacker. I mean, for him to be 250-plus and move the way he does, he's, he's a really special player. And that, for me, you know, that's kind of – you get murky sometimes. It's like, well, you know – I'm looking at Tremaine, and I think he's special. And but do I think he's special because he's got a special ceiling because of his athletic skill set? And then I look at the resumes as far as production, and and Tremaine's got three more tackles, the same amount of sacks, and and four more tackles for loss. And that for me was like, yeah, you know what? Like the resume's there too for the other guy that I'm considering. So I might as well just go with my gut and put Tremaine on the list. I, one other thought that I have on this, another guy that I really had a hard time not slotting, and, and this is a name that might be not familiar for a lot of people, is a cornerback from Georgia, DeAndre Baker. This guy is getting tested, and he is knocking away passes left and right at the catch point. Uh, and, and so his ability to kind of be a lockdown corner on a Georgia defense that really up until last week has been dominant uh, was was been really impressive. And so... I gave a lot of consideration to him, and I wanted to make note of that because I don't think he's a name that is necessarily a household one. Joe, who do you think is the best future pro off of this list? That's uh, well, you know what? Besides I guess my, Quentin Nelson. Oh man, that's where I was going. <laughs> I was going right there. Uh, not because it's safe; it's just because I think he's such a, a yeah. terrific talent. Yeah. Um, maybe Minka Fitzpatrick. I really think that he can be a special, versatile player in a secondary. And, um, I mean, his all-around skill set is, is pretty pretty outstanding. So, without much time to think about it, I, I would probably go with Minka. Yeah, you know, I actually just watched five of his games uh, yesterday and kind of getting prepped for my reporting for him for NDT. And he's like the secondary version of Miles Jack. Really, you, you can literally play him anywhere. Like he's a rare athlete because of his size. You ever get a chance to like just like look at his his build? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's built like a pass rusher. 
Mm-hmm. He's got this really thick lower body, and you could tell you he's really powerful when he when he drives on people. But he can play man to man. He can play the nickel. He can blitz out of the nickel. He can play the run. He can play deep middle. He can play the robber. He's got great ball skills. He can play on the boundary if you want to play. Like he can literally play anywhere. And that that success that he's shown at Alabama, being able to play nickel. Boundary corner, deep safety, robber safety, box safety, pressure player. It's like that for for Miles. Like Miles was such a good athlete for his size, but he never really had a true position. Like Minka, I don't think he necessarily doesn't have a true position. It's just pick your poison. He he's a guy that that defensive or offensive coordinators and, and quarterbacks at the next level, they're going to have to account for him everywhere he is. He's going to be that guy. You get to the line of scrimmage, and it's where's twenty nine. And that's that's why I'm really excited about Minka as a football player. Fact or fiction, right now, Minka Fitzpatrick is a top five pick next uh, spring. I'm going to go fact. Just, just stay with my gut. I'm just going to stay with my I gut. Like it. Because, I like because it. Because everything I said still applies. Well, if you like hot takes, make sure you are subscribed to this podcast because we will continue to bring them for you throughout the course of the rest of the year, every day. We don't stop. This is a three times a week draft podcast, football podcast, whatever you want to call us, we don't go away. So hit that subscribe button and stay in tune with everything that's happening in football with that NFL draft focus as we always uh, kind of come back to. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us that five-star review. We'd greatly appreciate it. Also keep up with us on Twitter. Kyle is at NDT Scouting. I am at the Joe Marino. And also NDT Scouting has its own Twitter handle, which is at NDT Scouting LLC. There is a ton of great content on the website, we are we are going back and watching. Well, we're watching foot college football games as you would expect, but then we're putting out scouting uh, synopsises on them. So, if you want to know how a certain player looked in a certain game, we're noting it for you. So, check that out on NDT Scouting, as well as all of the other great articles that our staff is putting together. We're going to be back again for you on Friday, uh, getting you ready for the weekend ahead in college football and some other football-related items that we are going to get into. Signing off for Kyle Krabs, I'm Joe Marino, and thank you for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.